right. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Growth. I'm your host, Matt Bellotti. And today I want to talk about the thing that I hear growth teams ask other growth teams about all the time. I get questions on and it's, I think, a thing that product teams ask other product teams all day long. And it's about the process, right? What is your process for growth? What is your growth process? What, how do you run experiments? What is your system for doing that, right? That, that question comes in a myriad of different ways and everyone asks about it and wonders because they're either struggling with getting their team on board with their own or they're having a hard time keeping up with it or it's not quite working or they feel like they're going too slow. And so I just wanna talk about a couple of things about around growth process and we're gonna kind of dive right in. One, I think it is Okay, if your process is a little bit of a mess and it's always evolving. What I have found from all the product teams that I've worked on is that process changes per team based on the people in it. It's really hard to take one core process and apply it to all of your different teams. And what is more important than having everyone stick to the same core principles of here's exactly what you got to do every single week and how you're going to operate is that you need some some semblance of that, something to string everything together across your teams. But there are things that need to be considered in the context of the teams because a team with different people, even if let's say that you have teams of five people and three of them are shared across two teams, it's very plausible that those two different teams are going to have a different way of working because those two other people just operate a, a different way. So it is okay if you feel like your process is a bit of a mess. There have only been a few processes that I have seen that are really down pat. And one of the examples of this is when I was at HubSpot, I worked with Brian Balfour for a little while and I watched the process that he had and that thing was regimented, right? It was so clear exactly how the process worked and everyone stuck to it. And the way that, from my perspective, the way that he got everyone to stick to it was he so inherently believed that it was important for everyone to keep up with because it was the thing that was going to make them successful, that it was a like, we can't move on to the next thing until all these things are filled out and we have all this data. And I think that that's really hard to find and do if you don't have a person like Brian that is going to be maniacal. Uh, Brian, I don't know if you're listening. You should join me on the podcast one day. Going to be maniacal about making sure that the team sticks to this process. And so it's important to think about, like, do you have a person on the team? If you need a process to be like meticulous, then you need to put a person that is going to be meticulous on that team. And that might be your product person. That might be your designer. But if you have something that needs to be super detail-oriented, you can't just put any group of great people together and, and expect them to follow the process. You need to think about the makeup of that team and have at least one person that is going to make sure that that process gets adhered to. One other example of a really great process that I've seen that was an inspiration for us in our process today. And at the end of this podcast, I don't know if you want to skip to it or not, but I will talk a bit about how we think about our process on the drift growth team and what we do today. So Darius contractor Dropbox has this thing called Evelyn, and that is all about the measurements and inputs and a better system for prioritization. We talked about this in one of the episodes where he was on. If you want to go give that a listen, I, I highly recommend it. We talked all about that process and he has like a template that you can pick up that your team can start using. So we actually get started with a template very similar. The team at Adobe also has a similar process to that. And I talked to Thibaut who 
built that out on his team. So you could also go listen to that podcast. All right, I'm done cross-promoting podcast. I think what's what's really important is what I have seen again and again, and maybe this is just my own failure to, to like make a great process, but the team gets really energized about a new way of working on something and a process, and then it kind of falls off over time. Again, I also think that's okay. And that's when you need to look at this and say, do I, as the like owner of making sure a process happens, do I need to start to get militant about this? and like keep everyone to it? Or is this a moment where my process needs to start evolving? And we have seen on the Drift Growth team, our process evolve quite a lot. I don't think it's anywhere remotely near completed. So it's important to consider that evolving is a good outcome also, right? If it is your existing process is not getting adapted. The other thing to think about is I think a lot of the process processes and the way that teams function at least that I've seen and a majority of, of other teams that I've talked to is that they often kind of wind up being PM led, right? The PM on the product team or the growth team has the process and they are the, the person that owns the process and makes decisions around the process. And what I found is to find opportunities to flip that on its head. And those work out pretty well sometimes where you remove this as like, I am the owner of this process and you flip it to make it the team's process and you defer to the rest of your team, right? You could build some baseline process, but then you defer to your team on decisions of, all right, if we're going to evolve it, which way should we go? How should we think about this? Because those are far more likely to get picked up over time than other ones that you just you know, say that this is truth. And this is where you got to really focus on buy-in to the rest of the team, like making sure that people agree that this is the right way that we should be thinking about this and measuring it. I'm fortunate to have a a really good tech lead on the team, Vig, who pushes back on me and the rest of the team pretty often to say like, should we be thinking about it this way instead, right? Like this could be better if we do it like this and keeping the team open and evolving to that has been really, really critical. Another question that comes up pretty often around process is about the tools that are used, right? Like what tool does your product team use to figure out what product to build or What tool does this growth team use? And let me say, I've tried mostly all of them. (laughs) Like everything from Trello to Jira to Clubhouse to Asana to Airtable to Google Sheets to Wiki Posts, like everything that you could possibly imagine. And I also think that that's okay because each of those changes have been iterations on one of the existing tools or systems that we had. Because what I have... What I had found with most of these tools is that your team, if they are actively learning and evolving and moving forward, the process is going to change. And oftentimes, the tool that worked really well for the prior process breaks. Like You start pushing it to the limit of how that tool works or is meant to work, that it then becomes really, really hard to like force that product to work how you want it to work now because your team learned that, oh, it doesn't really work for us when we order things like this. And so how do we change the type of ordering? And it just gets really, really hard. And so I promise you I'm not sponsored by this next tool, but if they want to sponsor me, my emails managers.com. No, Airtable. So we have found it. We came across it a few months ago because the growth team at Dropbox used it. The growth team at Adobe used it and they told us about it. And what I love about it, what I think is really, really special is it is the only tool that I have found that as we continue to evolve and iterate on our process, the product gives us the flexibility to do that. So when we realize that we need to restructure the way that we're thinking about this, within Airtable, we can do that rather than feeling like, 
it's not working anymore in that thing. So let's go find something else. So that, that has been really, really helpful for us. So to walk you through now, the process that we use just in high level terms on the Drift Growth team, the tool of choice is Airtable. So all of our stuff lives in there. We have weekly meetings every Friday where we sit down for 15 to 20 minutes and go through updates on here is what we got done. Here is what we didn't get done. So we go do status updates on all the things that the team said that they were going to work on. And then we go through the list of things that are ready to start being built. So things already designed or scoped or whatever they might be. And then we take those down into another section put owners on them, and then those owners are responsible for getting those done by the end of the next week. And then throughout the week, as myself or the designer are working on the, like, what is the next upcoming bucket? We try to collect as much data as we can to inform the hypothesis, the opportunity sizing, to figure out, all right, what is the highest priority thing that we could be working on next? And the way that we do that, the way that we did that for a while, we don't maintain this as much anymore because the structure of the team has shifted a little bit, but we we had a lot of work that we were doing specifically around acquisition. So what we were able to do was figure out the value, like the actual dollar value of each lead and the economics of that to say like this type of lead is worth a dollar, this type of lead is worth $2, whatever it might be. And then in this different fields, we would fill out our confidence level of how much do we think this thing's going to work, the metric that we think it was going to impact, right? Is it going to get more signups? Is it going to get more active users? And those all had a dollar value associated with them. And then we would say, we think that we can move this to gain 100 more of these per month. And then we think that it'll take X number of days. And basically we have a formula that tells us what is the value per day of working on any specific thing. So maybe the value of something is worth $1,000 a day to work on, whereas another thing that we all thought was really important is actually only worth $150 a day to work on. So it helps create this gut check for us. And what we wind up doing is debating and talking less about what things we think or feel are the most important things to do next, and instead spend our time thinking about what are the underlying assumptions that we have here? What is the data that we're basing these decisions on because we're being forced to say, all right, this thing is not arguably worth more money than this other thing because we agree that this is the way that we think about the impact that we can have in the, in dollars. And so if we think that there is something wrong here, then let's talk about the assumptions that we're making in the first place rather than saying, you know, I think that this thing should be next because this other person said it's important or someone else arguing a different thing, right? It, it removes that from the process, which has been really helpful for us. We have stuck to that a little bit less as our team has evolved in the things that we're working on. And, and again, that's okay. Like, I think most people panic a little bit when they're, team is no longer sticking with an exact process, except in cases where you have so much on the line. Like if you are working on a team that is a consumer app that's got millions of users, like if you're working at Facebook, you need to make sure that that data is super crystal clear. Their team knows exactly the type of impact that they're doing. And for the majority of us, we don't have that problem. We're working with hundreds of users, thousands of users, tens of thousands of users. And it doesn't matter as much about being perfectly regimented because of the scale of the type of work. So it's okay if your team is no longer sticking to an exact process. Use that as an opportunity to take a step back with your team and say, all right, looks like we're not following this anymore. Let's let's figure out why and figure out what 
this means? What did we learn from the fact that we're not doing this anymore? Are we just being lazy? Maybe that's the case. Or do we realize that we had been measuring something this way and that measurement was actually not good? And Or like we have these meetings and we never get anything out of that meeting. So so then you remove the meeting, you, you do all that. And so it's, it's a really great learning opportunity, not just for your team, but also for the outcomes of the work that you're doing. Because if your process doesn't evolve, then you're going to have a hard time being more agile to other changes in the future if everyone feels like they're like stuck in this frame of thinking, right? If you're a growth team, you should be thinking about experimenting with your process just as much as you're experimenting with the product or funnel or whatever it might be. And on that note, it is time to wrap. Thank you so much for listening. If you have, as always, questions, feedback, topics, cool speakers that I should have on here, things that I do poorly in these or things that I can be better at. I would love to hear it all. My email is mattadrift.com. Feel free to send a note. Thank you as always for listening. I really do appreciate it. I'm talking to this microphone and, and I always wonder who's on the other side listening. And for those of you that have reached out and dropped a note or given five-star reviews, I just want to say I really, really appreciate it. And for those of you who probably won't reach out to me because you have no good reason to, totally fine. I just want to say thanks and I'll catch you on the next episode. All right, see ya.